0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kallstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. Don't you love that song? Wasn't that good? Amen. Hey, by the way, we want to welcome all you that are watching online. Glad you can be with us tonight. Hope you have a Bible there someplace close. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Probably learn something too. Glory to God. So we invite you to come and be a part of our live services here at the Fellowship. And uh, again, we just appreciate you being with us here tonight. Praise God. You know, um, it's interesting because that song, a lot of times, you know, when you're singing these things, uh, you don't really always uh, make a connection. But you know, how many of you are familiar with the 23rd Psalm? The Bible says, the Lord is our shepherd that we shall not want. Aren't you glad for that? I remember when I was a kid growing up, I thought it meant, don't you dare want. Anything from God? Well, no. It says, "He is my shepherd." I don't want. I don't have any want for any good thing. Amen. I tell you, when I learned that, I got happy, because again, you know, I'd been religiously taught, and or you know, brainwashed basically instead of New Testament taught. He said, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." It goes on to explain, praise God, that He makes me to lie down green pastures. I tell you what, that's pretty good. If you ever seen, you know, you drive by someplace, you know, they got a big old white fence onto it. And they got horses out there, cattle, whatever the case might be. And they ain't worried about nothing. I said, they're not, they're not concerned about anything. They're in green pastures. Hallelujah. So it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Some people need their, their souls restored. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Man, that's a good word these days, huh? Are you listening to me? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Hallelujah. Your rod, your staff, you know, it comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Now listen to this. This is that song we were singing. Surely, everybody say surely. Surely. I'm not talking about the woman surely. I'm talking about surely as in most assuredly, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Aren't you glad to know that? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We often say that goodness and mercy will dog your tracks no matter where you go. That's a pretty good thing to have following you. Amen? You know? And so when we were singing that, I was just reminded of that because of the goodness of God. Amen. So anyway, praise God. Let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Let's get into a message that I want to share with you this evening. Last week, if you were with us, we talked about overcoming adversity. We're going to kind of go along that line again tonight. But Romans chapter 8, if you can find that opening in your Bible, that would be a good place for us to start. Let's pray together. Father, tonight as we come before you in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you, Father, so much for the goodness and mercy of God that follows us all the days of our life. And for these few moments that we have together, Father, this evening, I want to thank you again for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father God, for speaking by your spirit to our spirits, so that we can know exactly what it is that you would have us to know. And not only that, Father, but to put into practice. And so I just thank you for your grace and your blessing here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Overcoming adversity. You know, as we've said so many times, you know, the storms of life, they come to all of us. If you're living in this world, you're going to deal with some stuff. Thanks for your excitement. But that's the truth. No matter who you are, no matter what it is, you know, you're going to have to deal with things. But thank God we're not dealing with these things alone as a believer. Aren't you glad for that? Jesus talked about that. He said, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him to a wise man that builds his house upon a rock. And then he made reference to the floods, the rains, and the winds that come and beat on that house. But the Bible says that that house stood And the difference between it and the latter part was they were doers of the word. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is a wise man. But then he went on to explain that everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and it's emphatic. If you read it in the scriptures, he says, I want you to know that everyone, it doesn't make any difference who you are, everyone that hears and does not do it, I'll liken him to a foolish man that built his house on the sand. So it's the wise person who chooses to be a doer of the Word of God, amen, to practice the Word of God, to to really ask ourselves the critical question, you know, am I really doing this? Am I actually practicing what it is that the Bible says? Because, again, there's always predictable results in obedience to the Word. Did you hear me? I mean, sooner or later, praise God, the Word of God will start working in your life when you're doing it. And if, <clears throat> and if you're not having the results that you want, sometimes you've got to have a checkup from the neck up. Sometimes you've got to do a checkup from down here. You know, there's different things that are going on in people's lives. But God wants us to overcome. He's made us overcomers. Hallelujah. So whatever it is that comes our way, thank God we're bigger than it is because of him. Can you say amen? And so when we think about that and deal with that, you know, so the storms come. But the question is, how do we navigate How do we successfully navigate through troubling waters? Because, again, we're going to have them. Sometimes, you know, unexpectedly things come our way. Sometimes, you know, uh, it's self-imposed. Sometimes we had nothing to do with it. You know, it it comes in all forms. But thank God, no matter what form it comes in, He's with us. He's for us. And if you're a born-again believer, He's in you. That makes you a winner. Praise God. And so it's important for us to understand that. But how can we, how how can we, again, navigate through this? How can we overcome, you know, when it comes to adversities, you know, that, that we face? Better yet, I guess, you know, can we? I mean, can we expect to overcome? I think we can. I mean, if you read the scriptures in the New Testament. But, you know, from a biblical Bible-believing child of God's standpoint. I'm talking to believers tonight, most of you that are here, probably those that are watching online. But when it comes to becoming or being a child of God, from that standpoint, there are three things I'd like to suggest to you this evening. If you'd like, you're welcome to write them down, but you need to know who you are in Christ. I mean, there are some significant things that God has done in Christ Jesus for you. But a lot of folk, they don't even know that anything about being in Christ. But yet, if you'll know those things or know who you are in Him, and it's a process. takes a little bit. You know, you just don't learn everything at once. I was just thinking about my own life. <clears throat> It'll be 44 years this past June when I answered the call into the ministry uh, in a little uh, Pentecostal uh, church in Woodbine, Iowa. I was sitting on the third row with my girlfriend then and now my wife, minding my own business. but you know God had been dealing with me. I'd sensed the call of God on my life, you know, but I didn't know what that looked like. I was only like twenty two months old in the Lord. I'd gotten saved well nearly two uh, two maybe two years prior to that and but i I had the sense that God wanted me to you know, going to the minute, but I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I just, I was hungry for God. We loved God. We were serving God. I mean, we were chasing God. Hallelujah. I mean, think about it. Go to a meeting during the week in Woodbine, Iowa for crying out loud. But we knew the minister and the minister was speaking and, and uh, he took his text from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, make your calling and election sure. And um, Not that that in and of itself had anything to do with it, but he did speak to me, you know, uh, from a, I would say, a a prophetic uh, point. Um, In other words, it was inspired. He was inspired to call me out. And he said, essentially, you know, he said, there's things that have been going on in your heart and mind, questions that you 've had, he said, by the end of this night you 'll know exactly what it is that God wants you to do so he didn't, he didn 't tell me that I was called he didn 't call me into the you know, uh, in the form of a prophecy that says you know you 're god 's man of faith and power, or paste and flour or whatever it is, you know, but he just said there's things that have been gone in other words he he had a prophecy that confirmed what was already in my heart. Are you listening to me? It wasn't a prophecy that said, thus saith the Lord, you're called into the ministry, and all this and that and the other. Because a lot of times that happens. People, you know, they want to be seen of man. They got things they want to say, and they tell people things, and it's misguided. And people ended up, you know, being prophesied over that they're supposed to marry this person or that. And guess what? Most of the time, that don't work out too good. Are you listening to me? And the same thing's true with the calling of God on your life. You know, you need to know for yourself. And that's another thing while I'm talking about it. When it comes to prophecies, prophecies are not intended to guide you. They are intended to confirm what's already in your heart. If you don't have it in your heart, forget it. Are you listening to me? Because there are people, they want to be noticed. They want notoriety. They want to be seen, a man. And they'll start doing things and prophesying. You get into Bible studies or some kind of meetings and stuff, and all they're doing is prophesying, you don't want to be there. I said, you don't want to be there because it opens up the door to the devil. Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So I'm just saying, you know, as your pastor and as a child of God, just don't go listening to anything and everything that somebody says because unless you have it in your heart, then don't pay any attention to it whatsoever. Are you listening to me? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, I don't know how come you to get off on all that, but it's important anyway. I just don't want people going stupid. Are you listening to me? And it happens. Oh, it happens. And, and it, don't, don't allow yourself to be vulnerable to being misguided and led astray. People, people, you know, there's times in our lives, and I'll just say it this way, you know, that people are desperate. They're looking for answers, and they want somebody to tell them what to do. Well, uh, thank God we've got God's Word and the Holy Spirit to tell us what to do. You don't need people to tell you. Now, it may require a little seeking, studying, you know, praying, and, and letting God speak to your heart, and that does require something of us. But at least, praise God, you won't be going off you know, into no man's land because somebody said or told you or prophesied that you were supposed to do such and such. Does that make sense to you? And that's safe. That's good ground. Amen? Now, again, if there's and again, when this minister, you know, spoke to me, he wasn't telling me anything about what it was that I was supposed to do. He simply said, there's things that are going that questions that you've had in your heart and in your mind about your life and this and that. And the other I can't I can't remember exactly what was said. He said, but by the end of this night, you'll know. Well, by the end of that night, I knew and I answered the call sitting on the second or third row there in that little Pentecostal church. To go into the ministry. I didn't even know what that looked like. I, I just said, I'm in, you know. And some guy came up to me with a brochure shortly thereafter, and he says, Well, maybe you ought to consider this. And it was a it was a brochure to a Bible school, Ramah Bible Training Center. And I thought, Well, I ain't got nothing else going on. I ain't heard from heaven otherwise. Let's go there. So that's what we did. Praise God. Turned out pretty good. Amen. So anyway, uh, what were we talking about before? Talking about overcoming an adversity and knowing who you are in Christ—that's number one. Number two, you need to be armed with the truth. Oh, I know what it was. I was talking about it being a process. You know, we don't learn everything just all at once. You know, I mean, sometimes, like I said, well, we weren't but two years old in the Lord. Actually, not even quite that uh, when we got to that place. And even then, you know, when we went to Bible school. We still didn't know nothing. You know, not very much. And, and so it's a process that, that we, we have to walk through, live. That's why I thank God for our, our youth ministry and our children's ministry, because there are seeds that are being planted in these kids, you know, simple little seeds. God loves you. You know, God cares about you. God has a plan for your life. You know, you're an overcomer. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You know, all of those different kinds of things that are being communicated to these children so that they end up with a great foundation on the, um, underneath them so that they can go out and do something for Jesus. Amen? So we've got to be armed with the truth. And again, too, that's a process, you know, knowing who you are in Christ, number one, and then being armed with the truth, both of which are processes. And I could say this, too, that the third thing is walking out whatever it is that God has told you to do or doing, you know, doing it. And again, that too can be a process because sometimes we don't always get it right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You ever made some mistakes? You ever done something, you know, whoops, that ain't right. You know, you with me? How many of you know God knew that was going to happen? Amen. And thank God he didn't give up on you. Amen. He's the God of a second chance or a third or fourth or fifth or sixth, you know, depending on what it is you need. Just don't quit. You don't give up. You just work on it until you get it right. So if you're born again, God's made you more than a conqueror. Isn't that what the Bible says? Huh? Notice our text that we're going to use here for this evening. The Apostle Paul in verse 37 of the 8th chapter said, No, in all these things we are more. Everybody say more. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, powers, nor things present, or things to come. Hallelujah. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature is going to be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guess what? We win. It don't make any difference what happens. We win. Hallelujah. Praise God. Notice that he says there in 38, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, whether you live or die, or die or live, you know, however you want to put it, you win. Are you listening to me? And it's important for us to understand that. But we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because of Jesus, what it is that he did, he made you a victor. Glory to God. Aren't you glad for that tonight? The Bible says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he or she that overcomes the world? But he or she that believes huh? that Jesus Christ, glory to God, is the Son of God. So we win. Everybody say, I win. Now, how do you apply that in an applicable, practical kind of way when it comes to the everyday circumstances and situations of life. Well, first of all, you have to believe this. you got to believe, praise God, that you're more than a conqueror. you got to believe that what it is that he said is true. And, And that's where it starts for any believer, any person. When he says you're more than a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. So that's what you start saying. But a lot of folk, they don't talk that way. You know they say, "Well, no, I'm not. A, I'm not more than a conqueror. I'm the conquered," and they don't really say it that way. They just—it's just the pattern of thinking. That's why it's important to get your mind renewed. Everybody say renewed to the Word of God, so that you start talking like the Bible talks, huh? You know, because what we do is we go down this negative path, we talk about all the things that are going wrong, you know, all of the bad things that are happening, all of the stuff that everybody's done us wrong with, you know, and what isn't working. And when you start going down that path, my friend, you're going down the wrong one. Why? Because he's made you more than a conqueror. And if you're more than a conqueror, you don't talk like that. You say, yeah, but I can't help it. And I'm not going to deny my circumstance and the situation that I'm in. I'm not telling you to deny the circumstance. What I'm telling you to do is begin to believe what he said instead of the circumstance. Yeah, I know what's going on, but praise God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But most people don't believe that. Because they're not even conscious of the greater one that's in them. You know, when you read the scriptures and it says that God is my refuge, that He's an ever present help in the time of trouble, most people, they don't even know that. It's not on their radar, it's not in their consciousness, but yet, right on the other hand, it's true. We're talking about being armed with the truth. So it becomes important. I, you know, I was reading this, and, and go with me a little bit on this, but I tell you what, I love the Apostle Paul, dude. This guy, I mean, he just, I mean, you talk about boldly going where no man's gone before. Hallelujah. Star Trek's got nothing on him. Are you listening to me? And I mean, not only that, but there's a, there was a swagger, you know, that, that the Apostle Paul had. He said, "You know, I'm glad that you sent this offering, but praise God, I've already made up my mind. I'm content in whatever state I'm in. I know how to be abased, I know how to abound, but I'm going to do the will of God whether anybody does anything or not." He went, you know, and he preached with no, I mean, there was no net, you know, a financial net under him. But you know these people in Philippi, they loved Paul, and they said, "You know what? We're going to do something about this." Are you listening to me? And so they sent to him. But my point is, is that he was going whether anybody, you know, supported him or not. I tell you what, that takes something. Are you with me? Because I guarantee you, the devil, he will put you to the test. Huh? But notice this with me. He says this. He says, he says let's look at, uh, uh, well, start with verse 31. He says, so what are we supposed to say to these things? He said, if God be for us. Who on God's green earth can be against us? Think about that a little bit for your own personal life. If God is for you, then who or what can be against you? Huh? Well, let's let's settle it. Is God for us? (laughs) Sure enough, he's for you. He's on your side. He wants the best for you. Now, the devil will always lie to you or at least attempt to. Say, well, God doesn't love you. If God loved you, you wouldn't be in the mess that you're in. Just because you're in a mess doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Just because you're in a mess doesn't mean God doesn't want to deliver you. What you need to do, again, get on the right side of the equation and say, God is on my side. So he says, what are we supposed to say to these things? If God's for us, now this is that swagger thing, then who could be against us? You know what's he goes on then in verse thirty two he says let, now here listen to his reasoning he's talking about God and he said he that spared not his own son but he freely uh, or but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him freely give us all things who's gonna lay <laughs> who's gonna lay anything to the charge. Of God's elect. You know, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, isn't he? Huh? So he says, who's who's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. You know, I mean, when God does what he does for you, it's over. It's finished. He's already done it. Are you listening to me? He goes on then and asks the question, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. And then he says, Who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yes, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Is tribulation, is adversity, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? And then in 37, he says, No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Glory to God, we're going over tonight, boys and girls. Huh? We're not going under, we're going over. Everybody say, I'm going over. Yeah, you you know, get a little swagger to you, praise God. You know, the next time the devil comes starts trying to beat you up about this, that, or the other, you know, just put it on, baby, and say, hey, devil, let me ask you, what about your future? Huh? What's going to happen to you? What happened at the cross, hot rod? Better yet, what happened, at, you know, at the, at the tomb? Talk to him a little bit about some of that stuff. That'll shut him up. But listen to me, you guys. You are more than a conqueror. It'd be good if he just said you're a conqueror, but he said you're more than, more than, more than, more than a conqueror. And Christ has made you that way. Glory to God. I tell you what, God loves to do the impossible. Did you know that? You know, when it looks like nothing's going to work or it's not going to happen or whatever. I mean, God is able. Isn't this what the Bible says? To do exceedingly, abundantly, what's the next word? Above or more than you can even ask or think by the power of God that works in you. If we only knew what it is that we have, this treasure, the Bible says, in earthen vessels, we'd think a lot different. We'd act a lot different. And we would enjoy a lot different. Can you say amen? Everybody say, I believe the Bible. And it says, I'm more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror, praise God. So our victory is because of this place or this position that we hold. We're not trying to get there. Christ did something. So so we're victorious because of the place or position that we hold in Christ Jesus. Now, for example... You know, when Jesus was uh, talking to the disciples, he said, <clears throat> "He said peace I leave with you. Now, they're in the middle of a turmoil, okay? They're fighting and fussing over who's the greatest among them, you know, right in the middle of this mess, you know, Peter, he pipes up, I'm sure it was him, you know, and he's arguing about the greatest among them, you know, and so Jesus takes his kid, puts him in the middle, and starts teaching him about you know, Jesus was in the habit of teachable moments. And he said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you're going to be like this little child. You know? So in the middle of all that, he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. Not, no, not, not like the world do I give to you. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Never let them be afraid. Isn't that good news? I said, "In not that good news? Now, you've got to walk that out, and you can be tempted to be afraid. You can be tempted, you know, to have anxiety or worry or whatever. He's just saying, pass it up. Based upon what you know, that if he's for you, glory to God, who can be against you? Amen. Are you listening to me? So, and then in another place, he said, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me, everybody say, in me. Yes, these things have I spoken to you that in me you might have peace. He said, in the world, yep, there's going to be tribulation, but I want you to be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world, baby. And I didn't do it for me. I did it for you. Are you listening to me? So it it takes on a whole new meaning where our lives are concerned as believers, as Christians. Praise God, we can stand up. We can lift our head up. We can walk with our shoulders back because, thank God, Jesus did something so that you wouldn't have to go through life, you know, beat down, broke, busted, and all kinds of problems in your life. He provided a way of escape for you. And so when we begin to believe what it is that the Bible says, I didn't write this stuff, but thank God I sure do love it. I mean, I like to know that I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, huh? You know, if the Bible, you know, tells us that if God be for us, who can be against us? Man, that's swagger. I mean, that's good stuff. I mean, come on. If God is for us, then who can be against us or what? Everybody say it together. The devil's a defeated foe. Yeah, glory to God. So he said, in me, you might have peace. In the world, there'll be tribulation. He said, actually, he said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. You'll deal with stuff. But I want you to be of good cheer. You know, some people would think that in the midst of turbulence, adversity, tribulation, however, distress, whatever it is, if you're happy in the middle of it, not for it, but in the middle of it, they'd think you're nuts, huh? You know, they tried to pin Jesus down and, you know, push him into a corner and try to trap him in all kinds of things, man. He never moved. He just waited for God, his father, to tell him what to do, huh? You know, even when they came that night to arrest him, he said, you wouldn't have any power over me whatsoever if it wasn't given to you. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to pick it back up. He said, There's, don't you know that I have at my disposal over, over, I don't even, does anybody know what a legion of angels is? It's a lot. And he said, I've got over 12 legions that are available to me. He gave his life for us. Praise God, let's not squander this deal. Are you listening to me? Don't don't live your life in anxiety and worry and care. Praise God, roll and repose the thing over onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. Are you listening to me? He wants you to exercise what it is that's been done for you. Yeah, but I mean, pastor, you know, this thing is real. and, And I mean, I got problems and this thing needs to turn around. He knows that. I said, he knows that. You know, but the, you have to understand, my wife and I were just talking about this. There are some things that are outside the realm of your ability to do anything about. You know, especially when it comes to other people. You know, people want to fuss and fight and do all kinds of stuff, but you don't have to. I said, you don't have to. They want to drag you into their mess, but you say, no, 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 uh, uh-uh. no, I'm out. And then they get madder because they want to fight. You say, no, 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 I'm not going down that road. I'm smarter than that. Everybody say, I'm really smart. Yeah, you're really smart. Glory to God. So you don't have to worry about what the world thinks of you. Aren't you glad tonight? You don't have to worry about what your neighbor thinks about you. I mean, I tell you what, it would help a whole lot of people if you just get delivered from people. Huh? Huh? And I'm not talking about being brash or mean or anything like that. But I tell you what, man, you need to get delivered from what people think. You can't. I remember when we first got saved, got turned on to the word of God at about six months. Then, then here comes a messenger that, that uh, communicates to us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Boy, I tell you what, dude, that was an acid test. And what I mean is it divided the men from the boys, and there's a whole lot of people, unfortunately, that bailed. Why? Because we're always afraid of what we don't understand. But I'm telling you, it's in the book. And if it's in the book, we need to, we need to figure it out. But I'll tell you, the real reason why a lot of people bailed is because they didn't want people to, ta- to, to brand them as tongue talkers or holy rollers or Bible thumpers. They wanted to be socially accepted. And they just went off into the shadows and never grew or developed or, or had any victory at all. They just went through life with whatever came their way. Because there's no faith in that. You know, there's times when you got to stand up for Jesus. you got to stand up for the truth. you got to stand up for what's right. And I tell you, every time you do, God will stand right there with you. I told you the story about my wife and I going to that dinner. Man, they wanted to have us for lunch, but I'm telling you, God was right there with us. It was glorious. Now, it didn't turn out so good because a bunch of people, you know, they quit coming to the church and whatever, you know, because uh, they didn't believe, you know that God want that, that it is the will of God to heal everyone. But it is the will of God to heal everyone. It isn't any different for healing in a person's life than it is for salvation. Because they're all they 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 go together. When Jesus went to the cross and died for the sins of the world, he also atoned or made an atonement for our sickness and disease. So when you read in the scriptures, you know, and the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. How many of you believe that? But let me ask you an important question. Are there people perishing? Yes, there are. So, so the same thing's true when you read the Bible, and it says himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses, and by his stripes we are healed. Healing belongs to us. Are you with me? So, so what ended up happening, of course, in that circumstance is they, they uh, departed. Jesus had that happen to him. He said, he said listen... Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. Now, that would be a little bit rough to get figured out. But really what he meant was, unless you come with your heart and believe that I am him, you can't have any part with me. They didn't get it. They said, this guy's screwier than a pet coon. I'm going to go find something else to do. And they, they walked away in droves. And he, tra- You know, it wasn't like he tried to hang on to them either. See, some of your friends, you know, uh, i got to be careful here, but they're not helpful. Are you listening to me? And they'll keep you from enjoying God's best. I'll just be honest with you. Come on. Well, Jesus, he turned to his own disciples. He says, how about you guys? What do you think? You want to stay? You know, will you leave too? And they just said, man, where are we going to go? Jesus Or Peter finally, he's always talking, you know, spoke up. And he said, where will we go? You got the, you get, we don't understand you, dude, but you got the words of eternal life. And that's a good answer. Because there are a lot of things we don't understand. I didn't understand when we were at that dinner that day why this person that they were believing God for died. Now I have my uh, opinion, but I don't know you know, man, I mean, you get people that want someone to live and they don't want to live. Guess what? They're going to die. Right. If they're not believing God and you're trying to get them to believe God, but they won't believe God, guess what? Get ready and celebrate their life because they're going home. Am I in the right house? Yeah. That's a fact. You know, you can't, you can't force your will upon somebody else. Huh? You do what you can. I mean, as a pastor, you know, a lot of times, you know, I always try to locate people and find out where they're at. You know, do they have faith to be healed? Do they want to be healed? Do they want to fight? You know, the Bible says fight the good fight of faith. And sometimes they don't want to fight. Well, you might as well just get them ready to go to heaven. Amen. Well, anyway, that's this. Yeah, we're off on some other thoughts here. Praise the Lord. But you don't have to worry about what the world thinks about you. Don't worry about what your neighbor thinks about you. Man, praise God. Stay happy. Go down the middle of the road. Amen. You know, don't worry about what people are thinking. Listen, Satan dominates his subjects with fear and lies. Well, guess what? (laughs) We're no longer his subjects. So thank God we don't have to believe that mess. Are you with me? Because why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Amen? Praise God. The Bible says, and look, you can, uh, maybe they can throw it up here on the screen for you. Colossians 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father. Now, Paul's the writer of the book of Colossians. and, And he's saying that we're to give thanks well, Paul, why is it that you want us to give thanks to God, which has made us able or meet? King James used the word uh, meet, which is a little bit strange. He's qualified. Maybe that's a better way to put it. It says, Let's give thanks unto the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us. Not going to. Everybody say, I've been delivered. Woo, I've been delivered, glory to God, who has delivered us from the power or actually the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, glory to God. And then in another place in the second chapter, he makes this statement, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. Listen, if you're living under condemnation, man, it's time to get free. Come on. You know, I mean to tell you sometimes people let the devil beat them up. Oh, you made this mistake and you haven't done this right. And you haven't done the other or whatever. Listen, when you go and talk with your father about it, he, he takes that whole thing and removes it as far as the east is from the west. And you need to do the same thing. Quit beating yourself up. Yeah, you made a mistake, but thank God for the blood, the blood of Jesus. Are you listening to me? So that you don't have to live under the tyranny of guilt or condemnation or whatever it is that the devil is trying to use to keep you where you're at. Come on. Well, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that. We've all made mistakes. Come on. But thank God there is forgiveness with him. And thank God we can start all over and get on with it. Don't park... By your failures. Stick the key in the ignition, start that pig, and drive off. Are you listening to me? Blotting out, this is Colossians 2 and 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which were contrary to, to us, and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing. Everybody say triumphing. I'm telling you, triumphing. Triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. His victory is our victory. We share what it is he did for us. Can you say amen? So thank God. We are no longer bound. We're no longer under the tyranny of sin, Satan, or anything else. Because thank God he's delivered us. We are sharing in Christ's victory. Glory to God. Now, let's let, just look with me again with this. I, I use it often. But you've got to get a hold of this. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is an incredible verse of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, how many folk we got here tonight that are in Christ? All right. If any man, that means you be in Christ, listen, he is not going to be, he is a new creation. And let me just say something. When it says that old things have passed away and all things have become new, that is not a license for you to sin. Are you listening to me? It isn't like, well, I can do whatever I, I want. After all, I'm you know, if any man be in Christ, new creation, I wouldn't go there if I were you. It's not a license to sin. It's a, it is a declaration of the freedom you have so you don't have to sin. Paul says, shall we continue in sin so that grace might abound? He said, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Sin shall not have dominion over you. You say, well, what's sin? Sin is disobedience to God. When he tells you not to do something and you do it anyway, that's sin. Are you with me? But thank God you don't have to be dominated by sin. Sin is what opens up the door to the devil. Sin is what brings the curse in people's lives. When we disobey God, dude, it's just like opening the gate and all hell comes in. So let's close the gate. Are you listening to me? And let's obey God because I'll tell you what, praise God. He's got a great plan for your life and you don't have time to mess with that anyway. Amen. So how do we overcome adversity? Y'all doing all right? We, we, number one, have to know who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God. There's, I don't know, 150 some places in the Bible. It says it refers to you being in Christ that's the New Testament. So you can just study those and get blessed out of the deal. Number two, you got to be armed with the truth. (laughs) I'm on number two and I got six minutes left. (laughs) That's probably not going to work very well. All right. You got to be armed with the truth, fortified with his promises. What did he say? He said, beloved, I wish above all things My desire, my prayer, my wish above all things is that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. That's in the Bible. Well, if that's in the Bible, then I'm taking it. I don't care what, you know, uh, tradition says. I don't care what religion says. I'm telling you what, God wants to bless you. Spirit, soul, and body. Are you listening to me? And so we need to accept that as the truth. Can you say amen? We need to be armed with the truth. Here's a verse of Scripture. I've been using it often because it's so important right now because everybody's driven by fear. I mean, there's so much fear going on. You guys, you don't have any business being afraid. Are you listening to me? Look at uh, Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be not dismayed or discouraged because I am your God. Woo, glory to God. When the devil comes and he starts whispering in your ear, you need to tell him, listen, hey, God is my God here. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and old things have pass away. Now, notice he says, I will strengthen you. You think God ever told a lie? No, he says he cannot lie. He said, I'll strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Everybody say, hallelujah. Yeah, he said, I'll help you. You know, sometimes you need to cry out to God. God, I need some help. He says, I never thought you'd ask. Come on. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That is a powerful scripture. He says, you don't have to be afraid. I'm with you. Glory to God forevermore. Everybody say, he's with me. Yeah, he's with you. He's in you. He's for you. I mean, it, woo, it don't get no much better than that. Huh? So we need to know these truths. Look at Psalm 91. Turn over there with me. This, I was reading this today, man. I tell you what, praise God. i would about to shout the house down. Psalm 91. I tell you what, praise God. If I were you, I'd camp out in these verses. Because I tell you, a lot of folk aren't. They're not even thinking about the Bible. They're thinking about this, thinking about that, thinking about, you know, the other, and this and that and the other. Inflation, God only knows whatever's going on in the world. Huh? Did you know that God knew that inflation would show up? Huh? You don't find it in the Bible that says, well, I'll take care of your needs as long as the inflation rate only stays at a certain point. Huh? Aren't you glad for that? Amen say, well, I need more. Well, God knows that. And guess what? He'll give you more. Huh? Yeah. We're we're trying to, you know, pare down. Well, what we need is a bigger supply. Are you with me? You know? So anyway, notice this verse with me. Uh, Just, uh, I can't do the whole thing. You can do it on your own. Let's just do about three or four or five verses here. But notice it says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High... Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's protection. He that what dwells in the secret place of the Most high. Some people, I just spend some time with God. Huh? I will say of the Lord, what do you say tonight? What have you been saying? Well, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going do? What are we gonna do? What are you... That's not what we want to be saying. Come on. No, the psalmist here tells us what we should say. I will say of the Lord, glory to God, he is my refuge and my fortress. Woo! My God, and in him I will trust. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All has become new. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. Amen. So he says, and him I will trust. Now notice verse 3. Surely, there she is again. Come on. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence and every other idiot that's out there. Come on. He goes on then to say, he'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will trust. Now listen. And his truth. Everybody say his truth. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You won't be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, hallelujah, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. And we just are starting to see it now, baby. Woo! Glory to God. Are you listening to me? You know, it ain't fun having to go through it. But I tell you what, on the backside, we're going to rejoice. Are you listening to me? Praise God. It's so good. Glory to God to be free, not have to worry, not have to care, not have to be anxious. Thank God, know that He'll take up for you and He'll fight, yeah, in your behalf. So there's a lot more in those verses that we don't have time to talk about here. But I want to, I want to just real quick. uh, It's eight o'clock, so just give me five or six, seven minutes here. I want to, I want to seed you with this thought, and because. We're talking about being armed with the truth, okay? We're not going to get to the last one, whatever that was. Anybody know what that was? Oh, walking it out. No, that's not going to happen. So let's just do this thing about being armed with the truth. In other words, you know, when I talk about that, being armed with the truth, I'm talking about um, being fortified with his promises, if you have a need in your life, whatever that may represent, you've got to get into the book and find out what the Bible says about that need. Okay? What is it that God promises you about that need? If you're afraid, there's all kinds of scriptures about that. If you're anxious, there's all kinds of scriptures about that. If you have need in your life, a financial need, resources, there's all kinds of scriptures for that. If it's a healing matter, uh, I mean, you, know, you name it. Relational, um, marriage, you know, whatever. They're all in there. Raising your kids, they're all in there, huh? You know, so you just got to get in there and, 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 and mine that stuff out as it applies to you in your life and be fortified with this promise. Now, so the reason I bring this up is, you know, <clears throat> the Bible says that everything that happened to Israel is written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So in other words, they're an example. They're a model. There's things that happen and why they happen. And thank God we have a record of that and we know why and so on and so forth. So in Exodus chapter three, you don't have to go there, but you can. I mean, but she'll probably have it up here on the screen. But in Exodus chapter three, God visits Moses, the whole burning bush deal. He says, Hey, I'm going to make a deliverer out of you. And he says, you got the wrong guy. Well, notice what it says in this verse now. It says, this is uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Do you know, you guys, listen to me. Do you know that God knows exactly what's going on in your life? He knows about your pain. He he knows about um, how you hurt. He knows the problems that you face. He's not ignorant of any of it. Are you listening to me? He knows all about it. But he said, I've seen the affliction of my people that are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows, I know their pain. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good land and a large, unto a land, listen, that flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the place of the Canaanites and all these other rites. Now, so listen to what it is that God says. He says, I've heard their cries. I've seen, and I know all about the afflictions that they're dealing with. And I have come down. Now, let me ask you a question. He said, I've come down to deliver them. Are they delivered? No, they're still in their mess. They're still, you know, slaves. But God said, I'm coming to deliver them. And I'm going to use you to make this happen. Okay. And, and notice it says where he's going to take them. He's not going to take them to the place of just enough. He's going to take them to the place of more than enough. To a good and a large land. A land that what? Flows with what? Milk and honey. There is no lack with God. Are you with me? Now we have to cooperate We have to do and follow his leading, but I'm telling you what, praise God, he wants to make a way in the wilderness where maybe it looks like there is no way so that you can be blessed. Can you say amen? So here's the promise. Now, if we had time, we don't, but you can look. Numbers chapter 13. So the Lord spoke in verse 1 to Moses saying, send men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give, listen, which I what? I what? I give it. Did they have it? No. But he said, I'm giving it to them. Now they had to go in and possess it. You have to go in and possess it. But he says, I'm going to give it to you. Glory to God. What kind of land? A land that flows with milk and honey. A good and a large land. Hallelujah. A place of blessing and plenty. Amen. Amen. And some well-meaning person will say, well, you know, now now God never promised to do that. You know, you can't expect that, you know, whatever. Well, you need to tell them, say, you need to read your Bible. Are you with me? And there are a lot of other things that we could say about that. But I want you to notice here, he says, which I give to the children of Israel. And so of every man or every tribe, send them out. Now, um, <laughs> turn to Numbers chapter 2. Uh, um, 13. I'm only up five minutes. Um, just turned six. You guys messing with the thing there? Notice what it says here. This is important. We're talking about fortifying yourself with God's promise. Now, what did he say? He said, I'm going to take them out, and I'm going to bring them into a large, a good and large land, a land that what? Flows with milk and honey. That was the promise. Huh? That's what I'm going to do. So they're way back there in Egypt. You know, the 10 times and all the plagues and all this. And then finally, you know, they have the Passover. So, so there's some time. But guess what? God's will has not changed. And listen to me. On the road to the will of God for your life, He doesn't change. Are you listening to me? So here they are down the road a ways. They've finally gotten delivered, you know, and God's made good on all that, and they're out there in the wilderness, and they have came up to Kadesh Barnea, and, and Moses says, go check it out. So they wait another 40 days, these guys come back. Okay? Now remember, the promise was, I'm taking you to a land that flows with milk and honey. That was the promise in Exodus. Now, if you go here to chapter 13. uh Let's start with verse 27 for the sake of time. And they, they being the 12 spies, actually 10 of them, told Moses, they said, we came to the land where you sent us and surely, there she is again, it flows with milk and honey. So what would you say here, boys and girls? I would say that they knew what the promise was. Because they didn't get that language on their own. They got it from God. Well, they got it from Moses, but they got it from God. He said, surely it flows with milk and honey, baby. I mean, it is a good land and it is a large land. Now, notice what it goes on then to say in verse 28. Nevertheless, Not a good word. The people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. We saw the sons or the children of Anak there. The Amalekites are dwelling in the south. Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. Have you ever thought like your adversity that you were not going to make it, that you couldn't get past it, that you wouldn't win? It's exactly what's happening to these people. There is no way. The devil will say, there's no way. Forget it. They ain't never going to happen. You know, you're too late. There's not enough. There's, I mean, the list is long. But that's exactly what happened. Why? Because they were looking at the current circumstance instead of the promise that they just got done verbalizing. They said, oh, it flows with milk and honey. Nevertheless, but we got this going on and it ain't good. We've seen the sons, you know, the, the sons of Anak were there, the giants. And listen, notice what it says here. Uh, well, Caleb tried to stop them. And we talk, I think we looked at this before. He said, let's go now at once. We're well able to go up and possess it. And they said, you're out of your mind. We can't. They're stronger than we are. See, the adversities that you face in life try to tell you, that they are bigger than you are. Well, they might be bigger than you, but they're not bigger than him. Huh? Thank God. So they brought up this evil report in verse 32 of the land that they went to search. And they said in verse 33, I mean, you can read all this and you're probably familiar with it. But we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants in verse 33. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, And so we were in their sight. That's why knowing who you are in Christ becomes huge. Because it's not about you. It's about him. You don't look at yourself in your own strength. You look at yourself in his strength. Huh? So then that way you can say, you know, I don't care. Praise God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know. So there's a lot more that I can say tonight, but we've run out of time. But I tell you what, I know this much about it. God's promised to take care of you, and he's going to do it in grand style when we believe, when we cast all our care on him and and listen to him. He said, I'll give you peace. He said, I'll prosper you. I'll heal you. I'll bless you. I'll grant you hope in a hopeless circumstance. I'll bless your life. Hallelujah. How many of you like that idea? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. So be careful about who you follow and who you listen to. These guys took an entire generation and sent them walking around in circles until they died. You don't want to follow them. Huh? The only two that made it were Caleb and Joshua because they had another spirit, and that's a whole other subject in and of itself, but they had the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. So um, just because you... This is good. Just because you've been there doesn't mean that you can't go. You know? That's one of the things that keeps people out of the blessing of God so often. You know, it used to be, I don't think it's so much this, but you'll hear stories about people that lived and died and never left the county that they grew up in or were born in. They never... They never launched out, never did anything, never, never got too far from home. I would probably say there's probably people even today that never left the state. I, I, I think that's conceivable, you know. Why? Because familiarity sometimes often breeds can, you don't want to get out of your box here. I want you to stay in your box because if you get out of your box, you ain't never been out there. I'll tell you what, some of the greatest things my wife and I were just talking about. It. I said, baby, I love you with all my heart. We're on our way to church. I said, I love you with all my heart. I said, I've taken you on some wild adventures, but man, what a ride it's been. And she goes, yeah, well, yeah, hallelujah. And it has been, but sometimes you have to leave the familiar in order to go out and to do great exploits for God. Amen. And so it's important, you know, that, that, uh, you, you know, I mean, whatever it is that he's promised, what it is that he's told you to do, do it. You know, i never given a $150 offering to anybody in my life. And I was in a Kenneth Copeland meeting in 1977 in Omaha, Nebraska, and God says, I want you to give him $150. I said, God, I ain't never given nobody no $150. Let's, give, let's pray. Can we, have, can we strike a deal here? Can we do something? Else? How about $15? No, not 15 $150. $150. That don't sound like a big deal today, but it <clears throat> was a big deal then. Outside the boundaries of the familiar. Well, I got to tell you, that one act of obedience opened up the door for my life like you can't believe and I don't have time to talk about it. Are you with me? So there are those times, you know, when you have to, you know, the, the four lepers says, why are we sitting here until we die? Dude, let's go into the city. Well, they found all kind of spoil. They found all kind of blessing. Praise God. And here's the thing, you know, people, you know, I mean, when you boil it right down to the tar, you know, where people's lives are concerned, the thing they look for is security. And I'm trying to quit, Linda, but they're looking for security. Everybody wants security. Huh? Well, the Bible says in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Let's learn to trust him. Amen. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I have discovered that you want your best for my life, and I'm in. You tell me what to do, baby, and I'm all over it. Huh? And God will bless you for it. All right, let's stand, everyone. Hallelujah. We've got to quit. That six minutes turned into 14. Imagine that. Oh, Lord, we love you tonight. Glory to God forevermore. I tell you what, y'all you ready for this weekend? It is going to start. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome there's going to be some great ministry. I mean, praise God. We're going to get under the spout where the glory comes out, and uh, it's going to be good. Praise the Lord. Pray with me. Let's commit our hearts to what it is we've heard here tonight. Father, we love you so much, and we're grateful for your living word. We thank you for the promises you've made, and Father, I'm so grateful because, praise God, you've made us more than conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us, You've put us over already, Father, even though it may not look like it. Glory to God. We are the head, not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. So we thank you tonight for your blessing in our lives, Father. We surrender our hearts to you, Father. Have your way in our lives. Lead us in the way in which you would have us to go. And God, I thank you for your grace resting upon the church and those, Father, who made this church their home. And Father God, that you'll cause breakthrough to take place, that Father, you'll turn their captivity and that there'll be a grace upon their lives and they can look back and say, oh, God has done wonderful, marvelous things. And I thank you, Lord God, that as we trust in you, as we look to you, as we cast all our care on you, hallelujah, we refuse to be afraid. Father God, we choose to walk in the light of your word That your blessing, Father, will rest upon us strong. Not only that, but also, Father, we'll be able to bless and help others. And I just thank you for your goodness and mercy, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed with that prayer said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated.